Story time. I have a two and a half year old daughter and I got some stories to tell about this chick. She is awesome. She is my favorite daughter, also my only daughter, but I tell her that she's my favorite daughter of all time. She is just so awesome. This is a picture of her when we were at the pool. Super cute, super cute. So um, we were at the fruited pool not too long ago and um, she in that swimming vest thing swims like a fish. She's really good. Doesn't want me to touch her because she can do it all by herself. And so I just kind of walk next to her within arm's reach. Aaron, okay, he's a lifeguard. I got the rule, okay? I got yelled at about that. And so she swims up to this like random lady and this lady's like, oh, you're cute, what's your name? And she goes, I'm Ruby. And then the lady goes, how old are you? And Ruby goes, I'm almost three. My dad's almost 40. <laughs> 30, honey, 30, I'm almost 30. And now I have to explain myself to this stranger. But my, my daughter, she um, is already making me feel old, but she's awesome. But she's been doing some like really interesting things that I just don't quite understand what she does. And one of these things happened yesterday. I, I come home and I open the garage and uh, she hears the garage door open. Then she'll come and like open the door to the garage and just go, dad, 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 until I come around the car. So I come around the car and I see her. And she's wearing like her shirt that she had worn like in the morning, like when I saw her last and then nothing else, <laughs> just her long sleeve shirt. We call that Porky Pig in it, okay? That's what, so she, like no pants, no shoes, just, just uh, and I, so I chuckle, because you're, you're two, you can get away with that, right? And so I go inside and I say hi and everything, and I start talking to Robin, and Ruby's like, I wanna go outside and play. And I was like, you need to get pants and shoes on before you go play. So she says, okay. She gets her pants and shoes, and I help her get dressed, and I put, you know, I buckle her shoes on and everything like that, and she runs out in the backyard. We have, like, a swing set and a trampoline, and she loves to play independently. And so I go back into the kitchen. I talk to Robin for a second, and, like, two minutes go by. Two minutes. And I, I, I look out the window, and I see my daughter, like, on the top of the slide, grabbing the top of it, her face, like, face down, just dangling, singing happy birthday to the slide, Porky pig in it. <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get here? We came full circle here. I don't understand. You just went out with pants and shoes, and now you're singing happy birthday like Porky the Pig. I don't understand what's going on. But it's this idea that she had like, she, she went all the way back to the start again. She came full circle. And I wonder how many of us come full circle in our lives as well. How many of us are back in a place where he never thought we would be in again. How many of us are back in that same sin that we thought we were past? How many of us are still hanging out with the same crew we said we wouldn't hang out with again? How many of us have come full circle to see ourselves in the same mess again? We're in a story time series right now, and I wanna tell a story of a dude named Peter who learned this lesson of coming full circle. Peter's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He is awkward. He is, he, he says things he regrets immediately, all right? I, I identify with this guy a lot, okay? Um, he's also really bold. He also um, is, is someone that has crazy amounts of miracles in his life, and he's seen God move in huge ways. And he, this dude's life is a roller coaster. He has highs, and he has some epic lows, all right? This is Peter, so I wanna jump into a story. We're gonna cover a lot of stuff tonight, but I feel like God has something special for each and every one of our hearts. So before we get into it, I wanna pray one second. Jesus, God, I pray that you can just um, open our eyes, open our ears, and open our lives to you. 
God, I pray that we can hear you. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you soak us and that we can just hear you speaking um, through your scripture and through Peter's life. We love you, God. Thank you so much. Amen. All right, so I'm gonna jump straight into this story. At this point in time, Jesus is starting his ministry. He has already been baptized. The Holy Spirit has come down upon him. He is coming out of being tempted for 40 days by Satan himself. Jesus has already seen some stuff, okay? But he's now gathering followers, his disciples. And Peter is one of the first ones that he encounters. And I wanna tell you the story about how they, how they met. Now, Jesus comes up to a lake shore and there's fishermen there and there's a crowd there also. So Jesus sees the opportunity to start talking about the kingdom of God. So we're gonna jump into Luke 5, verse two. He noticed, we're talking about Jesus. Jesus noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. And then Jesus starts talking to the crowd and he preaches, um, just talks, starts talking about the kingdom of God. Verse four, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, now let's pause real quick. Simon is also Peter. Peter is Simon. Jesus later in Peter's life, or Simon's life, gives him the name of Peter. So when I say Simon, we're also talking about Peter. Same guy. Everybody say same guy. All right, we're on the same page. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. I like to look at stories, um, I like to look at the funny things. I, I think certain details are funny. Like Jesus walked up and they're, they're washing their nets. Clearly they're done for the day. But Jesus doesn't say, hold on, I got something for you guys. He lets them finish cleaning. And then after he's finished speaking, he says, all right, get your nets. Which I just think is funny that, that Jesus isn't exactly... Um, straightforward with this. But whatever he said in his um, message about the kingdom, it must have been really good because Peter jumps on the chance to be able to go out um, and, and do what Jesus says. Verse seven, um, or Jesus tells them uh, to, to go out and, and let your nets out. So verse seven, or six and seven. And this time, so they, they, they go out, they put their nets in the water, and this time their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, which is um, James and John, the sons of thunder, themselves, um, two other disciples. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, if that was a normal day in Peter's life, that wouldn't have been that significant. But the Bible before says that they had been fishing all day long and they hadn't caught a thing. So now Jesus says, we'll go out and try again. And now their nets are busting with so many fish which is just the abundance of the Lord. It's the abundance. In Luke 5, 8, Simon Peter says this. He realized what had happened. He fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Peter repents for provision, which generally isn't like our normal response. Like if you were to win the lottery, you don't say, get away from me, Jesus, I'm sinful. You're like, yeah, praise the Lord, right? Like Peter's first response is to repent at provision. But what that shows me is that Peter saw this as a blessing that he wasn't worth. He saw this blessing of fish as something that Peter himself, he wasn't worth it. He didn't think that he was worth it. He didn't think he was worth being in the presence of someone that could make such a crazy blessing happen. And he believed that lie that he wasn't good enough. That's what Peter did first. Jesus replied to Simon in verse 10, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. 
Jesus tells Peter that he's exactly the kind of person that's worth this. I think at any point in time in our lives, any encounter that we have with Jesus, there's an opportunity for Jesus to tell you you're worth it. There's an opportunity for Jesus to tell you that you are exactly the kind of person for this. You're the exactly the kind of person that Jesus can use in whatever situation. And Peter learns that firsthand from Jesus, first by repenting from this provision, but then Jesus saying, no, 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 no. You're no longer gonna fish for fish. You're gonna fish for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. This is Luke 5.11. Peter left it all, a fortune in that day. Like as a fisherman, if you have two boats full of fish, you're rich. That's, that's, like, that's like winning the lottery at that point. It really is. But he left it all. He left it all. See, Jesus has always been in the business of getting rid of all of your other options till you just have him left. Because it's way easier to choose Jesus when he's the only option, right? But the Bible doesn't say that Peter, like, was kind of halfway, like, oh, I, I want fish. I don't know what he would say. <laughs> he wasn't, like, halfway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my fortune, or I'm going to take some, or I'm going to sell it first, or I'm going to do this, I'm going to say goodbye to my family. He just left everything and followed Jesus. And he said yes to Jesus. Now, I don't know how many of you know this, but at any point in time, if you've ever said yes to Jesus, you have become a disciple. You've become a disciple of Jesus. That's just the truth of it. And a disciple is a follower of the Lord, follower of Jesus. And so Peter, as soon as he says yes, as soon as he forsakes everything, he gives up everything to follow Jesus into wherever Jesus is going because he sees that Jesus is worth it. So Peter says yes to him and he becomes a disciple of Jesus. Now, I'm going to fast forward a little bit of his story because of time. But what happens next in Peter's life is crazy. Peter goes on to see Jesus multiply uh, the five loaves of bread and two fish, feeds 5,000 people, feeds 4,000 people. He calms storms. Jesus heals the blind. He heals lepers. He heals um, people that are, that are paralyzed. He casts out demons. All right, He does crazy stuff, and Peter sees it all firsthand. And it culminates to this moment where Jesus is wanting to know all the gossip that's being talked about him. So Jesus is like, what's everybody saying about me? What's, I don't know if that's how he said it. But like, he goes up to his disciples. He's like, what's everybody saying about me? His disciples are like, well, some people say you're this prophet, or some people say you're Elijah. Um, come back to life. And, and, and then Jesus says this, well, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. You are the son of God. And to that, Jesus responds in one of the coolest, coolest things anybody could ever say to anybody, especially if it's from Jesus. He says, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has re revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Talk about an encouraging word from the Lord, right? Can you imagine Peter just like, that's right. I'm the rock. He's the first rock, right? I don't know if you guys know that move or not. That puffed Peter up. It really did. And, and see, whenever you tell Jesus who he is to you, you create an opportunity for him to tell you who you are. 
Every single time you say, God, you are the perfect father. He'll say, well, you, you're awesome. Or, or whatever it is to, that your heart needs to hear. Whenever you tell Jesus or you tell God or the Holy Spirit who they are to you, you create an opportunity for them to speak right back to you. But Peter being the awkward guy he is, it didn't last long. <laughs> right after that, right after Jesus said that, he starts predicting his death. He starts saying that he's going to uh, be arrested and he's going to die at the hands of the Roman government. And then Peter on his high horse of, I am the rock on whom you will build your church, Jesus. Let us have words, okay? He brings Jesus over to the side. I'm not gonna read all the verses because I don't have time. But brings Jesus over to the side and rebukes Jesus for what he said. Word of wisdom. We prayed for wisdom earlier, right? Don't correct Jesus when he says something to you, especially about like your future and like about what like his future. <laughs> Don't correct him. Peter corrects him. And Jesus, I imagine, did some sort of move like this. And he says, get behind me, Satan. He calls Peter Satan. That'll deflate your balloon. Right? He calls Peter. This is the Bible. It's nuts. Calls Peter Satan. And then Peter has to like, and then and then Jesus turns away from Peter and addresses the rest of the disciples. That's what it says in the Bible. So left them alone. And then Peter had to have the awkward like walk back to like John and Matthew, <laughs> you know. And he says, he probably said, John, don't you have write that in your Bible? Don't you write that in your gospel? But Matthew did it later. <laughs> Didn't, and then they got Luke to write it too. It's in both of them, right? So Peter has ups and downs. The dude's awkward. The, dude's just, the dude is crazy. He is the rock in whom they'll build a church. But then Jesus calls him Satan. <laughs> Get behind me. Like, don't correct Jesus sort of stuff. So Peter's on this roller coaster, and it just keeps getting wilder, okay? It gets, keeps getting wilder. Um, what happens is Jesus comes to the night before he's going to be arrested, okay? And He's talking about all the stuff that Peter tried to correct him about, about how tomorrow I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to die for the, for the sins of the world. And he says all this stuff to Peter. And Peter, he's like on board. Peter is on board. He's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I would go to prison and I would die with you, Jesus. I would do that for you. And Jesus looks <laughs> right at Peter <laughs> and deflates his balloon once again, once again. He says this in Luke 22, 34b. Peter, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Peter. Come on over here. Come on over here. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Man, that had to mess with Peter's head for a second. Right? He's up and down. I think a lot of times in life, we've seen success and we've, we've called God who he is and we've pursued Jesus for who he is and we've seen all this good stuff and it seems like we keep... Messing up. It seems like we keep going backwards almost. We don't know why, and we're just, we're messing up, and maybe it's sin, and maybe it's, it's, it struggles with who we are, or maybe it's, it's someone that, that rejected us, or, or trauma that happened in our life, but we feel like we're just going backwards. And I, I imagine that when Peter heard that, he was feeling the weight of what was happening to his best friend. I mean, Jesus is about to, he's going to die tomorrow, and now he, he learns this, and this is kind of a dark, crazy place, and it still gets crazier, because... <laughs> The next morning, early the next morning, when the people come to arrest Jesus, Peter freaks out and he cuts a dude's ear off. <laughs> Just chops a guy's ear off. And Jesus goes, what are you doing, Peter? And he heals the ear. <laughs> and he says, Peter, put your sword away. 
You live by the sword, you die by the sword. I, can't, I imagine Jesus facepalmed and eye-rolled a little. I don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. But what happened next had to have been just a kick while Peter was already down. Jesus gets arrested, and he's in the midst of being beaten and, and accused of all this blasphemy that Jesus, um, the Jewish leaders were accusing Jesus of. And it's crazy how Peter comes to this eye contact with Jesus in the midst of exactly what Jesus said. Because he's outside the courtyard and he's, in, he's at this fire and three times people come up to him and say, aren't you the, aren't you the guy that's, that hangs out with Jesus? Hey, aren't you the dude that cut that dude's ear off? You know, like, and each time, that, that particular phrase is not in there, but each time Peter says, no. And the third time says this in Luke 22, while he was still speaking, while he was still saying, I don't know him, the rooster crowed. And at that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Can you imagine Jesus looking at you as soon as you said that? And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny me three times. You even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. You've been in a moment where you just feel lost. You're at your lowest low. You don't know what to do next, and you just end up weeping bitterly. And maybe it's not weeping. For me in my life, there's times where I would just go numb. I wouldn't have any emotion. And I would fill my time with, with things like, uh, like Netflix and video games and movies and things like that because I, I just would want the, the reality to be numb. And I feel like that is the place that Peter's at here. Pretty low, pretty low. But remember the promise that Jesus said Peter was. He was the rock that the whole church will be built upon, that the powers of hell will not conquer him. And I believe that's the same for every one of us, no matter where we are, no matter how low we are, that if you've called on Jesus as your Lord, if you've said yes to him even once, the powers of hell cannot conquer you. I believe that with all of my heart. <laughs> so after Jesus dies, and we don't see where Peter is during the crucifixion, um, but we see that after the crucifixion, on the third day, Jesus raised to life. Some ladies run out to the tomb because they wanted to see things first. And they come back and they tell the disciples, there's no body anymore. Jesus' body's gone. Peter and John run out. John is specific that he beats Peter in a foot race. It's true. It's in the Bible. And, uh, and, and Peter actually goes in the tomb. And we kind of see, uh, we're, we're kind of left in this limbo of like, Jesus is risen. But the way Jesus reveals himself to Peter after all of this has happened is so unique to Peter's story. One point, one morning in John 21, three, Simon Peter said this, I'm going fishing. Going fishing. I love fishing. Any people that love fishing in the house, you guys are awesome. You guys are my people. I love being on the river. I love fly fishing. I love catching trout. And there's times where I'm just like, to my wife, woman, go fishing. And then I do the dishes and then I go fishing. Okay. So I get where Peter's coming from. I get where Peter's coming from. It says at dawn, so they go fishing, all right? And actually, John goes with him, a couple other disciples, Thomas, they go with him to go fishing. And then um, 
the ne- they, they fish all night long and they don't catch anything, which I think it's interesting that Peter and John are fishermen and the Bible never once records them catching a fish on their own. <laughs> I, guess they're, I guess they're pretty bad at what they do. But Jesus comes and he doesn't make himself appear as Jesus yet. Like this is the playfulness of Jesus. And this is like, at Peter's low moment, at Peter's, the, the last time that they had like a, a one-on-one interaction, Jesus looks at Peter after he denied him. And Jesus is on the shore, dressed like a tourist, saying the one thing that tourists always say, hey, did you catch anything? You ever been on the bank of a, of a lake or something? Anybody walks by, you catch anything? You catch anything? What are they biting on? You know, Jesus is like dressed like a tourist. You catch anything? And, uh, And no, they say, no, we haven't caught anything. And then verse six in John 21, then Jesus said this, throw your net on the right side of the boat. You'll get some. The first time Peter ever met Jesus, after a whole night of not catching a thing, Jesus said, cast your nets and you're gonna catch something. And after all of this, after Peter denied him, after Peter rebuked him, after Peter, Peter's junk, after everything, Jesus comes full circle for Peter. Comes all the way back and meets him right where he's at. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat. You'll, you'll catch something. So they did, and they caught a haul in the net, and there were so many fish in it, they could, they could barely bring it up on the boat. And so it's at this point, they... I wish I could have seen their face go like, (gasps) like back to the shore. And John calls it out first. John says, it's the Lord. And then Peter does something really weird to me. This is what he does. In, In verse 21, he says, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic and jumped in the water. I'm not a pro at swimming, but you usually take stuff off to get in the water. He like puts his parka back on. He's like, I'm coming. And he jumps into the water, which I imagine at one point, John's like, okay, I'll roll the boat in. That's fine. You know? (laughs) You know? Peter just sees Jesus. Peter sees Jesus meet him right where he was at the beginning of his life, right where he was at the low end of his life, and he chooses Jesus again. The first time, Jesus was his only option. And then it took that full circle for Peter to realize again Jesus is my only option. It's so easy to choose Jesus when he's your only option. Have you ever been at like a restaurant that has like a thousand things on the menu, you have no idea what to choose? Like I don't know what to choose and Joe's not with me because Joe knows everything that's delicious in this town, right? And I don't know what to choose. I don't know what to choose. I think life can be the same way. And if we choose other things than Jesus, he'll change the menu. He'll change the menu to where it's just him. It's just him left. I'll invite um, Joe up to play some soft music to make me sound cooler. (laughs) It's true. He makes us sound good. But I want to challenge us with this last part of the story that Peter, Peter goes to Jesus. He swims to him. Jesus cooks him a meal cooks all the disciples a meal. They sit down, they eat, they laugh. They have fellowship together. And then Jesus brings Peter aside from the rest of them. 
and asks Peter this. Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, oh, Lord, I love you. I love you so much. Jesus says, well, feed my lambs, meaning the church, the people. And then Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, of course I love you. He just, yes, I love you. And Jesus says again, feed my sheep. And then Peter looks, or Jesus looks at Peter again and says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter gets offended. And he's like, of course. How can you even ask this? Of course I love you. See, Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus forces Peter to repent of that three times. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And came full circle. And he says the same thing to Peter at the very end. Follow me. When he first met Peter, he said, follow me. And when he first met Peter as the resurrected king, he said, follow me. See, there's a lot of things in our life, times that, sins that we can't get past, sins that, that we don't know what to do with, times in our life that we can't get past, the things that we, we feel like we're stuck in the same thing. And the answer has not changed. It's still Jesus. And I feel like tonight, Jesus is just calling you in the same place you're at, he's looking at everything you've done, the full circle you've made, the highs, the lows, and saying, just follow me. Come on, right out of it. Because the truth is, if it's a sin you're stuck in, Jesus knows you're gonna mess up again at some point. He already, he already bought and paid for that sin already. He died to make you free. And when you follow him in life, which he is leading you in, I believe every single one of us is, is placed on this planet for a specific mission and a specific purpose, and Jesus will lead you to that. Some of you are being led to college by Jesus. Some, are be, some of you are being led into the professional workforce by Jesus. Some of you are being led into ninth grade by Jesus. Thank the Lord he's there. But I'm telling you, if you constantly just choose him, and follow him. No matter where you're at in that circle, the answer is still Jesus. And every single place you're at, just like Peter did, tell him who he is to you, and he'll tell you who you are to him. Every single place you're at in that circle, he's waiting to give you a new name. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you just did last night, whatever you're going to do tomorrow, Jesus is calling you toward him. So right now, what I want to I do is I just want to provide a time, a, sh a short time to just tell him that you love him, however many times you need to. And just kind of repent of just doing the wrong thing, not choosing him, choosing other things on the menu because we are supposed to ask for forgiveness for the bad things we do. And when we ask Jesus for forgiveness, that equals choosing Jesus. And so I want everybody to just close your eyes right now. Just think about the circle you're in. 
What can't you get out of? What have you come full circle in? Is it a particular sin? Is it something in your life that you just can't get past? In your heart, just say, Jesus, I'm sorry for that. And I choose to follow you. If the circle you're in is hanging out with the, the same crowd that you said you wouldn't hang out with anymore, that you've chosen popularity over Jesus, in your heart and your mind, just say, God, I'm sorry. Jesus, I'm sorry for putting my image above you, how other people think of me before you. I choose to follow you. If your circle is depression and you're back in that dark place, that heavy place, I want you to imagine Jesus' joy the first time you call on his name because that joy is still on his face. Even when you are at your lowest, Jesus is calling you out of that into his arms. And in your heart and your mind, you say, Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry for being down on myself. I feel like I'm not good enough. Because I believe Jesus is saying in this room to someone that you are good enough, you are pretty enough, you are strong enough, you have what it takes you are an overcomer because Jesus is an overcomer. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you if you've called upon his name. Jesus, thank you, God, so much for you loving the entire world to purchase freedom for everyone freedom from sin and decay and death and pain and tears and tragedy and trauma. Thank you for liberating us from that, Jesus. And I pray, God, that tonight as we have come full circle, that you've met us, you are the beginning. You are the end, God. And Lord, I pray that at our beginning, at our end, wherever we are at right now, we just choose you you can give the strength and the courage to every single heart in this room to just choose you tomorrow when we think friends are, are, are judging us give us the strength to choose you in the depths of the night tonight when we'll be surfing on, the, on, the, on our phones or on, on a computer or something where we've, we've struggled with pornography or masturbation we bind those spirits we cast them away God because you are a liberator and Jesus you want freedom for us pray that you give us the strength and the courage to repent quickly to come back to you fast so our circles can get smaller and smaller as they're centered around you and as Peter lived out his dream his purpose his mission of being the rock the church was built on I pray each and every one of us can feel your purpose and your mission for our lives you're always with us. You're always for us. You won't cause us harm, but you always will love us. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In your heavenly name, God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening at 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.